0: Greetings and salutations once again, ladies and gentlemen, out there on the interwebs. This is the Rogue Opinions podcast, and we've had a wonderful, wonderful week of interviews. And there is zero reason that should stop now, because today, me and Scott got to sit down with that 90s chick, Erica Lee, uh, one of the competitors, half of the field, in the Pro Wrestling Magic Women's Championship match, coming up this Sunday at 5 o'clock on Fight at the Roaring Twenties. Two! so uh I'm pretty excited for this one Scott um I haven't really had a chance to sit down and talk to Erica too much outside of uh outside of literally in kayfabe. so this will be a lot of fun for me um i I'm sure you've done been doing a lot of research and stuff so what are you looking forward to the most out of this one and are you excited
1: yeah I'm really excited you know get to sit, down sit there and sit Erica and say go ahead Erica I'm listening uh, and- <laughs> You you'll. that'll make sense later on in this review and in this uh, interview, but uh, I was really interested in telling you because obviously I'm very excited to see what happens in that women's title match. Obviously the title is vacant and, and uh, I've heard you and other people talk so many good things about her. So it was good to actually get to sit down and chat to her.
0: Yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to it. And uh, like I said, you know, we just uh, released uh, today as we're recording this, we just released part one of our interview with Shane Fair. So we are quickly and efficiently making our way through the pro wrestling magic kingdom. Um, Obviously uh, I have seen the footage uh, as of yesterday. I saw some of the footage back and it looks fantastic. We are continuing the tradition of the roaring twenties and it's going to all be in black and white. Uh, So make sure you guys are there bright and early Uh, get your pre-orders in for the roaring twenties. Um, Yeah, man. I mean, I'm, I'm happy that uh, we got to do this one because I mean, best friends are made here on the podcast today. (laughs) I know that, you guys don't know at all what that means yet, but believe me, you soon shall, uh, because uh, next up on the line, we have Erica Lee, and we are looking forward to it, and we hope you're looking forward to it, so without any further ado, uh, guy who has the music over there? Yeah, no, no, the the other record, that, we've been playing it all, okay, we're gonna hit the intro once I get a new uh, intro music, guy. so, you know, let's, uh, I don't know, let's just Fucking do it. Let's just do it. Right? Am I right? Let's just do it. Let's fucking do this. All right. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Rogue Opinions podcast. We are back, and we could not be any more excited than to have on that 90s chick, Erica Lee, the gummy bear kid, is here on the Rogue Opinions podcast, everybody.
2: <laughs> What's up, everybody?
0: <laughs> Bringing the energy. We love it. Me and Scott are uh, a week deep into these uh, exciting uh, interviews that were leading into the Roaring Twenties too, behind the eight ball, and I couldn't think of anyone better, Erica, than to include you because you've been crushing it lately inside the kingdom, and you're in the main event for the current vacant Pro Wrestling Magic Women's Championship, a title that you have had in your sights for well over a year. So what is that like uh, going into the main event uh, with the title finally on the line and finally within reach?
2: Hell yeah! That's what it feels like. Nice. Nice. It's been, yeah, like you said, over a year, um, ever since I got to Pro Wrestling Magic, ever since I got to the Kingdom, um, it's been on my radar and, you know, whatever obstacle has gotten in my way in the past, you know, like a global health crisis, um, uh, you know, shows canceled or, you know, outside interference, a lot of opportunities I had to get uh, a title match were were you know unforeseen uh circumstances i couldn't i couldn't really change what happened but yeah i finally got my shot i'm super excited
0: that's awesome that's awesome and it's definitely something that i know a lot of people are going to be looking forward to especially after your groundbreaking performance at card subject change against one mr darius carter i know boo boo darius yeah carter. bad <laughs> man <laughs> But uh, yeah, we'll get into all of that and more. But it is uh, ac- very, very excellent to have you here, Erica. Um, so uh, Scott, what do you got? Uh, what do you got on the docket there for the ni- that '90s chick?
1: Well, I wanted to uh, talk to Erica about uh, kind of getting into to wrestling. Uh, we've asked this question of uh, our interviews because kind of, it's one of those questions you can get like a different answer every time you ask. Uh, I wanted to know about your your passion for for wrestling. Where do you think that passion uh, comes from?
2: Oh, my passion That's easy, easy question because I didn't watch as a kid, so I don't have this like lifelong dream of becoming a wrestler. It was very recent. I started watching in adulthood and within two years I was like, get me in a ring. And I never looked back the, the 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 passion that I have for um, professional wrestling is absolutely inexplicable easy question because I have no answer for it. I have no idea. <laughs> like, it just consumed my brain and I never look back. Um, I am compelled to do it more than anything. It's just, um, yeah, it's like, it's it's a, it's a drug and I'm hooked on it.
0: That's uh, that's so interesting because uh, I've heard it said before that uh, wrestling is one of those things where uh, if, you, if the magic doesn't sort of hit you right away, there's a chance it never will. And it appears that you're one of those people that not only did it grab hold, but it's got you, you know, in abandoned buildings looking for wrestling, you know, on a, on a weekend. By no the one's running. throat,
2: man. <laughs> By the motherfucking throat. <laughs> uh,
0: but, yeah, that's that's a, a, an incredible thing that, uh, you know, you can't even point to one thing. It's just when the wrestling sort of entered your life, it was just sort of like, uh, yeah, this. Absolutely. That was there.
2: Yeah. What, just an was aha sort moment.
0: of. Sorry, was there sort of like a void before that where, you know, maybe uh, not to get too therapy ish, but, you know, like, Ooh. was there sort of a void before that where, you know, once you did see wrestling, the reason it took such a deep hold uh, in your life is because maybe you were sort of wandering around and going, I don't know if I want to do A, B or C, but oh, what's this wrestling shit? Uh,
2: yeah, no, I, I think that's, that's a really good way to put it. I think I've always been like sort of um, a natural storyteller. Um, and I've always been, I've always had, you know, a flair for the dramatics or the theatrical, but I never had that outlet because I didn't really do, um, I didn't really do, I, I did sports more than I did like drama stuff. I did play instruments. So I had like, sort of like, you know, creative outlets, um, my whole life, but nothing that feels the way. Um, pro wrestling does so it it definitely for sure filled um, a space that I needed Uh, because the the outlet is like is unlike any other right like um, it's so many things wrapped up into one you know like soap opera dance um, you know combat sports like it is it's so many elements in in one one um, you know piece of of theater or entertainment whatever you want to call it but it for sure filled um, a void like this this uh um, creative outlet that i always needed but never knew um how to 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 get it out and it's it's pro wrestling for sure
0: well i i think i i speak for everybody that has least has at least seen you in action that uh we are very thankful that you found that outlet because uh i've said it before i've said it on other podcasts i actually just said it to Shane When we were recording yesterday, um, Shane Fair, go back in the archives, check out part one of the interview, part two coming soon. Uh, Plug, 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 plug. Um, Mm -hmm. That this is potentially Erica Lee's year. This is that like your performance against Darius Carter, uh, the match that you had with Billy Dixon at the Polycult Party One in Brooklyn, New York. uh, Mm -hmm. Just uh, and I know people haven't seen it yet, but uh, your match against Jordan uh, without giving anything away is just i mean spectacular i got to stand, stand back and watch that match because uh sam Laterna and Brittany uh called that match uh in the main event and yeah. it really lives up to the main event hype man i mean you you guys uh she mentioned when uh jordan that is mentioned that uh during what we were doing a promo that you guys have a, a history together so what is that like stepping in there with somebody that you have such a colored history with uh in the squared circle
2: man it is incredible um to jordan blade drove me to my first day of training wow (laughs) like it is absolutely insane to me that we get to to do this in so many different places and and we don't we haven't worked each other in a little while now um but to for it just seems like we 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 get to these certain stages we were both on the um um the synergy women's garden state tournament um uh and that to me was like a a big moment for both of us and we've taken such different routes to get to these spots you know like being in that tournament and then being in the main event for the vacant women's title at at pro wrestling magic like these um these moments that we get to kind of share, not always one-on-one in the ring together, but we'll end up at these shows together where we'll see each other doing, doing great things. And we get to circle back at some point. Um, uh, it's, it's just so, so cool to me that the uh, the person who got me started and brought me to my first day of training and, and has seen like every, <laughs> every moment of my career um, is someone that I can, I can share so much with and, and come to these like big moments together. It is crazy cool to me. And it, it blows my mind every time we end up at a show together or in a match together. I'm just like, look at us still doing this. <laughs> you and me again. Look at this. <laughs> like it always blows my mind just to, to end up in different spots and, you know, States away from where we started. And, and um, it's, it's really, really cool.
1: That's awesome. That's
0: awesome. Uh, Scott, go ahead. If you have any, hey. anything else uh, on the docket there for her?
1: Yeah, uh, you talked about us to get into main event this, um, this upcoming show for the women's title. You also got the main event card subject to change against Darius Carter. So that's, yeah, two out of the past three shows, you've got to be in that main event position. Is there kind of a, a sense of pride when you're trusted with this main event position by a company like Pro Wrestling Magic uh, at these like, shows like so close together?
2: Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I I would say it's like a good sense of pressure, you know, like. Like I uh it's like a good stress. Like I'm I'm being challenged and I, I do take it um as like a vote of confidence and I want to do people proud and, and prove them right when they when they give me these kind of opportunities. Um and magic is definitely a special place for me because it's it's um one of the first places that I got to just like show up, um, show people what I could do. I I got a positive response, I got great feedback. Um you know, stuff to, to improve upon and stuff that that, that people liked. Um, and it was just a place that I felt like I really worked my way in, um, and and up. So, it, yeah, it feels it feels incredible, and and I do take a a lot of pride in, in being in the main event. It's um, it's 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 uh, it's it's such an honor to have, you know, that that trust and faith, um, from from the from the office at from the, from everyone in the kingdom.
0: I like that Ooh. you're using the keywords. It's fantastic. <laughs> um, so another uh, really uh, fun and interesting story that you got to tell uh, in the kingdom was against one Mr. Jared Evans uh, mm-hmm. last year at the Roaring Twenties. Uh, he had to go through um, a gauntlet of individuals to get his rematch with you after you. Uh, well, let's just call a spade a spade. You brutalized the boy. You beat him up oh a little my bit. God. <laughs> <laughs> And you beat him and he wasn't happy about it. And, of course, he took to social media um, and uh, campaigned and campaigned and campaigned for a rematch against you at last year's The Roaring Twenties. Hell, he even got you eliminated from the Chad Adams Memorial Rumble uh, before you guys ended up facing off in uh, at The Roaring Twenties last year. Talk about uh, being able to tell that story with Jared. Pretty much your first, like, real big open story in the kingdom. Uh, so talk about what that was like and how those matches worked out.
2: Um, yeah, that's, that's, um, what I was sort of alluding to, um, in my, in what I was saying just, just before that being able to just show up, um, and, and put on a match to test my mettle and, and show, show everyone in the kingdom what I'm about, um, with Jared was, really cool we we rode to the show together and we we're like all right we're gonna see you know like how this goes we're we're hoping for you know to to get the call back right like we want this to go well so we can get booked again um let's go you know leave everything out there and we did we had a great match i thought um you know it 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 wasn't a like uh indecisive victory right like it was a, a pinfall one two three middle of the ring perfect um yep. and, and then he he uh, i guess you know wasn't as, as, as happy with it as i was and i can't blame him being on the on the losing end of it but yeah he took to social media and and um rallied rallied support for a rematch which he got and being able to to come back to to that promotion and, and do it all over again. I feel like that's the highest compliment you can get, right? Like when people are like, you know what? We do want to see more of this. We do want to see what else you guys have. Um, so that was really cool. I was really, really grateful for those opportunities.
1: Absolutely. Well, it's, uh, so Going on those lines, uh, you had those two matches with Jared. You had the match with uh, Darius Carter. So and uh, a... In a previous interview on Roger of Pines, we had Steve Off on, and our colleague Nathan talked about the inclusive nature of Pro Wrestling Magic. Clearly, they're a company that doesn't mind uh, having intergender wrestling. Uh, for you, when you're in a match against uh, a male competitor, is there a different way you approach uh, the match, or do you just see it as like, another match and you uh, look at it the same way as if you were wrestling uh, another female competitor?
3: Yeah.
2: I, no matter who I'm wrestling, it's always the same mentality. It's always the, the chess game. Um, you know, what are they bringing to the table? What, what do I have um, to best them or to avoid their best or, or to get myself out of sticky situations? It's, it's all about, you know, action and reaction and, and, and whatever gender the person is um, doesn't make a single difference to me i am i'm happy that um pro wrestling magic doesn't um strictly divide divisions by gender um i think there's just more more to see um there's more combinations possible when you don't do stuff like that and it just makes everything more interesting when when you never know who you're gonna fight you never know what match you're gonna see you don't have to play by these like made-up rules of like no only you can fight this person or that person so, yeah, I, I'm all about it, but it doesn't it doesn't change my mentality going into the match.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so uh, like uh, we've mentioned uh, a couple of times, um the the feedback from your matches with, say, Jared and Darius, I've uh, been like overwhelmingly positive. I remember um, just after we filmed uh, the match between you and Darius at um card subject to change, the feeling in the room was electric. Um unfortunately though, it was another one of those situations where I was calling an Erica Lee match where you got busted open. Uh, <laughs> via, uh via the the Yakuza kick from one Mr. Darius Carter. Um yeah, so what that is, kick
2: ain't no joke, huh?
0: It's really not. It's really, really not. Um what is that what does that do to to speak to the game plan, so to like, uh, sort of, uh, how does that affect, uh, the game plan, uh, going forward when, uh, sometimes, you know, like they say, this is not ballet son. Um, so it, it you're going to get hit, you're going to get hit hard. What does that do to you as a competitor who has a sort of game plan, trying to keep it their head in the game, so to speak. Uh, and then all of a sudden an injury happens.
2: Right. Yeah. Well, it, it quickly goes from, you know, a game of chess to, uh, survival mode, right? Like, um, the game plan kind of goes out the window. You got to regroup and, you know, check your vitals, so to speak, right? Like you can't, Mm -hmm. you're kicking out on instinct sometimes, but, um, you got to check in and and say like, am I gonna, am I gonna have another match tomorrow? Do I need to, do I need to, to think about my, my long-term health here or, or am I good to go? So it's it's a moment of reflection, you know, like, where am I at, Um, you know, am I missing an entire half of my mouth or (laughs) is is my nose flattened on one side of my face or, you know, um, can I can I walk, can I run, can I jump those sorts of questions when you when you get hurt during a match. Um, and if the answer is, you know, that you can continue, yeah, you're just in survival mode, right? You're like, all right, what's, what's, what's my new plan? Um, creating space, getting my bearings and reassessing. So it it is, it's, those moments are always a little bit, um, scary before if, you know, like in those, like, you know, nanoseconds before, you know, if you're okay and you're just like, oh shit, what just happened to me, especially getting hit in the head, um, Especially getting hit in the head—that one's a tough one—because mm-hmm. um, because sometimes it takes a few seconds um, to to really be be aware of yourself and your surroundings. But um, yeah, once once you check in and you, you're good to go, yeah, the game plan sort of gets wrecked. But um, those are the those are the moments um, that you 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 can't plan for, but you have to be ready for because. Yeah, it's it's at the end of the day, it's not chess. It's not um, D&D. It's not, uh, you know. Water polo. I guess you get <laughs> really hurt in water polo, too, though, huh? I <laughs> I try not to say ballet. I know that's the expression, but like ballet is murder on your body. I mean, those people work hard. So um, but yeah, it's it's a it is it is a, a scary moment or it can be. But once you're you're good to go, it's it's less survival and more like, how do I make the most of it?
0: Absolutely, yeah. Because you take one bad belly flop in water polo game, you're you're done. (laughs) Just straight up. You are sore for days. The inner arm is... Oh, it's the worst. I don't have to tell you. It's the worst.
3: Inner arm.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well... You know, what happens Back. to planes, too. If you go in at the right angle, you could crumble to dust. So, maybe that's what we <laughs> should be saying. Wrestling, it's not water polo.
2: It's not water polo, <laughs> let me tell you.
0: <laughs> the, the old expression, there was no water in the pool, really carries a lot more weight when you think about it that way. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead, Scott.
1: Yeah. Uh, obviously, Jimmy has talked about he's already got a chance to see the match. Uh, from Roaring Twenties obviously myself and people are obviously looking forward to getting to see that on uh, the 28th but uh, looking ahead to that uh, for us here would if you walk out as, as Pro Wrestling Magic Women's Champion as Pro Wrestling Magic Women's Champion easy for me to say uh, and obviously the title hasn't been defended in some time if Pro Wrestling Magic came to you and basically said to you and gave you the opportunity to pick like your first defense is there anybody in your mind that you'd love to defend that title against?
3: Um.
2: Great question. Yeah. Um, the first, the first competitor that comes to my mind is still life. Um, she's tough as nails and her style is, um, a little bit more techie, a little bit more technical and, 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 um, um, little more lucha than, than mine. But I feel like we, we can have some really competitive, um, Matches and, and I love her to death, so I think that would be the first person that I would want if if I managed to capture the the gold.
0: Yeah, that, I mean that would be uh, an incredible match because uh, we we've all seen uh, on your um, Twitter uh, and everything that you guys go back and forth periodically. Uh, and it is fun to see the interaction there. And is, is there truth, uh, in the saying, uh, when you get in the ring with a friend, it's easier to sort of let loose and, you know, maybe lay some stuff in a little closer cause you, you know, each other very well. Definitely.
2: Yeah. Um, I, 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 I don't think that's true of every friendship. Um, just, just purely because, you know, some, some people are friends and they don't have any, any in-ring chemistry. Oh, well, right. But, I think overall, in general, yeah, there's a you know you're gonna get forgiven if things are a little bit snug, um, <laughs> and I think uh, especially if you're able to train together, which Jordan and I have have been able to do, um, and and still life and I have been able to do, um, y- because you know each other better and and you you have seen or even been through experienced you know what they have to offer however many times um you definitely get a little bit more uh a little bit more um bang for your buck with each each strike or each move <laughs> between friends
0: well yes you haven't you haven't left uh billy dixon floating in the hudson yet after that match in brooklyn so i'm assuming <laughs> all as well uh, after <laughs> after that little yeah, interaction true <laughs> Because, I I mean, if you haven't seen it, ladies and gentlemen, make sure you go and hunt down the first Polyam uh, cult party uh, from Brooklyn. Uh, The second one is absolutely fantastic as well from Pittsburgh. But the match I'm speaking of uh, is Billy Dixon and Erica Lee. Both of you guys are on uh, the Roaring Twenties. It was really great to have uh, both of you back uh, in the kingdom again because Billy hasn't been there in quite some time. uh, So it was good to have Billy back around as well. Make sure you guys go and hunt that one down. It's for the Chocolate City Championship Uh, and in, in a ring that had two ropes and was held together by duct tape in the (laughs) middle of Brooklyn, New York, that was
2: the the ring left a little something to be desired. Um, but yeah, that, that match is available on IWTV. Um, and that, that show was, was, I mean, one of the most unique shows I've been a part of and, and yeah, I had the chance to become the chocolate city champ. How, how problematic would that have been?
0: I mean, you would you, you do review candies on Twitter. I do, so. <laughs> I do
2: review candies. I do. And you know what? I lived in the District of Columbia for almost seven years, so...
0: That's two of the boxes checked as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> That's two of the boxes checked. But I doubt that we're the three people to really weigh in on exactly. what boxes check the boxes. <laughs> but, but listen, you were in there for the title. You could have walked away with it. Who knows? Who knows? If if Billy hadn't swung the hand around and broken your nose, we could be talking to the current chocolate city champion as we speak. Um, but, uh, I'm glad quite that likely. you, um, uh, go ahead.
2: Uh, no, I was just saying it's, it's quite likely that I would have been retaining it this whole time as well.
0: Absolutely. Um, so you talked about, um, you know, uh, special circumstances, special kinds of shows. Uh, you had a chance to be at the GCW fight forever, uh, stream uh from their undisclosed location um talk about like what that experience was about in what from what I heard it was very cold in there uh does that affect sort of your movement in the ring uh were you there the entire time did you just pop in and pop out what was that like
2: uh no I was not there the whole time um uh I definitely tried to to be there um as you know I don't want to say as as short a time as possible because you want to you want to you know be there um, yeah, with time to prepare, um, but uh, considering you know we're living in a COVID world, I thought it best to stick to my times and get out. Um, it was really cold, and you know what, <laughs> that did affect my performance. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying like hell to warm up before the match, and I mean, it was just tough. I was, you know, doing little squats and push-ups, and I was trying to stretch out. And, and, and when I got to the ring, I could tell I was, I was not warmed up. I was not loose. I was, I was feeling it. So the, the first, you know, couple minutes of action that I saw, I, I could tell I was a little tight and I wasn't moving the way that I wanted to, but um, uh, I, I did, I did last the whole, I think it was about 50 minutes um, in the, the Leapfrog-Cibernetico match. I won. I was the last person standing. Woo! Um, yeah, I, I, won, I won a, a nine-on-nine Cibernetico. Crazy, crazy match. Um, and then after that, um, I think two hours later, I had a one-on-one with Faye Jackson uh, during Allie Cat's Hot Girl Shit show. Um, and that was, that was, I, I was definitely warmed up by that time. I, the, the couple hours in between didn't, um, I cooled down, but I was able to to get back up a lot more easily, um, than the first time to warm up and, and get back in there. So both matches, um, you know, turned out, turned out pretty well. Didn't, didn't beat Faye. You know, I was, I was one for two that day in the victory department, but, um, but it was yeah i mean 24 hour show like who asked for that what <laughs> a... <laughs> Whoa, what an idea i mean talking about like you said unique shows and, and everybody's getting creative nowadays cuz you know we're living in this covid world we got to be creative you got to we we got to do what we can to push the envelope and, and to to keep to keep pushing in, in in the directions that we can because the the normal you know, uh, way of, of doing things. It's just not possible right now. It's not possible to pack fans in at you know, fifteen dollars a ticket, twenty dollars ticket. $20. It just it. You can't do that right now. Um. So so it streaming for twenty four hours straight. Um. Cinematic matches, poly cult parties in the woods. You know, we, we're we're getting creative in this creative business. So I'm 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 enjoying myself um, the, these, these unique or rather strange bookings that, that I'm, I'm getting, um, it's all as, as safely as we can do them and with the precautions that we need to take, you know, making sure that we, we do our best in that respect. It's a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. I I mean, I've always, uh, thought that when wrestling, whether that be the big companies or the indie companies, but pro wrestling as a whole, when it's toes are to the fire, uh, we really end up seeing uh, some really spectacular things come out of it. I mean, the stuff M.V. Young has been able to do with Uncanny and Billy Dixon doing uh, Paris is Bumping, uh, everyone yeah. doing cinematic matches. Yeah. I mean, it's incredible. I mean, do you have any specific things from the COVID era so far that stand out to you as uh, cinematic matches specifically, I guess, uh, that you might have done that are stand out to the filming process and whatnot?
2: Yeah, absolutely. The um the wrestlers take Manhattan. Um, that's available on on IWTV as well. That is the um entirely cinematic show from Uncanny Attractions. That that was uh, an incredible experience. Very very cool process to be a part of. Um, and to see the result. The um I'm very proud of that match that me and Billy have. That's that's me versus Billy Dixon again. Um, in that, in that match. Um, and then the rest of the card is every match was so different from each other. And that's the way it's supposed to be, right? You're supposed to go to a wrestling show and not see the same match twice. But, you know, often that, that kind of happened, right? Like you can admit to seeing sort of similar, similar um, spots, similar action in between, between matches on the same card, even similar looking people, right? Like you might show up to an indie show in 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 you know bumfuck wherever um and see three guys in black trunks black boots and a jean vest three four five guys all all with the same look right
0: that's a popular Um, look in indie wrestling for sure yeah
2: yeah yeah it's a a business where you want to stand out so like i don't really get that but you know it happens um but on this, on this cinematic show, the wrestlers take Manhattan, every match is so, so different. And that's down to the, the, um, you know, the wrestlers, like the, the talent, the people that are in the matches, but also the, the production style, the editing, like it, every, every match is so different. Very, very cool card, very cool experience to be a part of, very proud of that work. Um, and just fun, you know, like, like you said, when when this is sort of business where your toes are to the fire, you come up with some of the best solutions to problems and some of the best content, and I feel like that's where we're at. Um, so that that's definitely worth worth a watch over on Independent Wrestling. TV.
0: Whole lot of stuff over there for sure. Uh, go <laughs> ahead, Scott. I feel I feel like I've railroaded a couple of your uh, opportunities there. So go ahead and uh. No, 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 it's
1: fine. You gotta keep the conversation you know, flowing, but. Uh, I do have to ask uh, about, you know, with COVID. and also like you talked about having to get creative, but also there was a time where nobody could really go anywhere. All the wrestlers couldn't wrestle. And being that you are that 90s chick, is there any, like, anything from the 90s, like TV shows or films, that you were kind of your go-to to help get you through these uh, unusual times?
2: Um, you know, what's it's, um, God, it's 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 not cool, but. But I'll tell you, my absolute favorite TV show
0: is Frasier. Uh Yes. Yes. Scott regularly does on his other podcast uh, episode by episode conversations (gasps) with his uh, with his co-host Paul on Scott and Paul's Rambling podcast at SP Rambling on Twitter, ladies and gentlemen. Uh Oh, Oh my God. I think we just made some new best friends here on the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. This is it a stupendous moment. It was. Great. Go ahead, have at it. Go ahead talk, <laughs> Fraser. Go ahead. Please
1: uh, continue talking about Frazier Or some of your you favorite episodes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> please, please continue talking about Fraser. Is the best thing anyone's ever said to me on a podcast by far. <laughs> um, I. No, yeah, I've 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 watched Frasier pilot to finale probably 5 or 6 times.
3: Uh, and
2: that's not like that's that's like a continued effort of like okay, I'm going to go through it. That's not counting like just catching a, a random episode or throwing it on for background noise. Um yeah, I love the show Frasier and it's so Hit or miss because like if you enjoy it, you know how goddamn funny it is and how like surprising it is and how like just endearing the characters are. But if you don't get it, if you don't like it, it is the most like boring dry toast show. Like like I've tried to show it to people and they don't get it, and I can see just like their eyes like just totally gloss over, and it's (laughs) like you're making them watch like, you know. A video of someone's kid giving a book report. Like they just check <laughs> out. It's crazy to me how polarizing that show is. But, but yeah, I am. Um, I'm obsessed with sure I think it's. I, and I mean, here they're doing a reboot, which I'm not super into, to be honest. I gotta say.
0: Yeah, I think it's over yeah. be on, on Paramount Plus. Uh, the thing that's replacing CBS All Access. Uh, Kelsey Grammer's back in, so you know, as long as he doesn't keep falling off stages and stuff, you know, we should be. <laughs> <laughs> uh, pretty okay uh, with the reboot, but he's going to lead the cast. Yeah. I'm not sure if. Uh, do you know anything more about that, Scott? I know that you're the you're the resident uh, Fraser guy over here.
1: Well, yeah, I, I do know he's heavily involved. I don't know about the rest of the kind of the main cast coming back. I know we lost uh, John Mahoney, who played the the father right. uh, a few years ago. So obviously, also that will obviously be missing a key factor of it. But I'm one of those people like, I kind of remain like optimistic. I know it's kind of been the thing recently with TV shows. From behind the day kind of been getting their own like reboots you know so i'm kind of optimistic you know talking about that phaser finale the first time i probably got the box out of the show and watched it from beginning to end also not in one day i'm not a monster but i'm not a machine <laughs> but the first time i've seen the finale like when he's giving his final radio broadcast i almost cried i'm not afraid to admit that
2: oh yeah it's it's yeah I, there's nothing embarrassing about that i'd say you're a robot if you didn't cry right um and also like it's it's physically impossible to watch in one day because there's 11 seasons oh
3: yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> but um,
2: yeah. No, I, I would say my main my main like um argument against the reboot is like you mentioned um because john mahoney passed away i just without martin crane like what are we doing here you know like I, I, i'm not interested
1: yeah yeah it wouldn't obviously feel the same obviously the they do have a lot of the other main cast kind of available to them. But, you know, I think one of the best things about Frasier is, like, it's rewatchability. definitely. Like, you watch the same episode like, multiple times and see new things yeah. when you watch it back. And what's, what's strange is a lot of people forget this is a spin-off show.
3: And mm-hmm. it's very
1: rare that a spin-off show is, like, as successful as Frasier was. Yeah. Uh, and it's weird. As mm-hmm. I never got into Cheers as much as I got into Frasier, even though Frasier I, I I've n- seen the episodes of Frasier is in it.
2: I could never get into it. I think I've put it on maybe twice. Like, I'm not even interested in trying it. Like, I, you know, like, I know it's a spinoff. I know I could see, like, you know, the, where the character came from and blah, blah. I've put it on maybe twice. And both times I was like, no, not for me.
0: Well, because Cheers is also batshit crazy. Even for the 80s. (laughs) Like, there's an episode where Sam... Uh, convinces Diane to go on a date with a guy he believes is like a serial killer right, and like yeah. the audience is pissing themselves laughing at the idea of this woman getting picked up at a bar to go on a date with a guy that her friend thinks is a murderer
2: right yeah <laughs> that's <What>? horrible <laughs> that's,
0: awful. that's remember- not the compelling plot for <laughs> me the viewer even in the 80s the coke fueled '80s. Yeah. Not one person was like, oh, "I don't know if, I don't know if that's all right, guys. I don't know. I don't think this is going to." Diane could die here. I'm not sure.
2: <laughs> that's the gag. Uh, we hate her.
1: But yeah, but she's Diane. I was gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: like, like, wh- it's not even like a thinly veiled um message, right? It's like we hate this character. She sucks. No one likes her. We would all find it funny if she died. Like what the hell?
0: Like there's like one part where the the, the guy that he that Sam thinks is the serial killer pops back in cuz he forgot something and he like alludes to possibly kidnapping and murdering her and the crowd goes wild for it. it it's <laughs> the funniest thing. I was watching it with uh, you you've met Joey obviously Erica. Uh, we, we were watching it one night a few months ago and we looked at each other and went this was on television for 11
1: years <laughs> <laughs> yeah crazy right <laughs> I, I one of the things that put me off uh, cheers initially it uh, was nothing to do with do with my dad because he's been to boston he's been to the actual cheers and every time cheers was on tv no matter how many times he mentioned it he would still bring up, oh, actually, when they actual actually cheers, the pool table's over there. And they're like, Dad, you've told me that. That was interesting <laughs> at first. But now it's old news, and it's annoying.
2: That's really funny. Nothing to do with the TV show. You're just like, ah, I can't do it because my dad tells me the same story all the time. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's like, watching, watching, watching. cheers. Yes, cheers. It's in Boston. It's based on about bar. Have you been there? You haven't mentioned it yet today. <laughs>
0: So, guys, please make sure to pay attention to the Rogue Opinions feed, as I'm sure Erica and Scott will be diving into their favorite uh, Frasier episodes oh. from now until the end of time. Uh, please make sure to check that out, guys. But uh, getting back to uh, the things that you're doing uh, recently, um, I mentioned earlier on the uh, the fantastic uh, Candy Reviews. Uh, as as other people know, obviously, Jeff Cannibal, uh does soda reviews. Erica Lee, you do. Uh, candy reviews are there any candies that haven't made it across the sh- the the bow of the ship yet that you are looking forward to or have there been ones that maybe let you down talk to me about the whole thing because i am so interested in these random little reviews
2: yeah let me tell you real quick about a candy that let me down real big disappointment i had high hopes for this candy and it really shit the bed
0: Ooh. cookies
2: and cream twix
0: that does cookies sound cookies and
2: cream twix that's all I, I i saw a commercial cookies and cream twix i thought here it is here's my white whale combine two things that i love so dearly and it was horse shit <laughs> i could not have been more disappointed in this candy And I hope someone from Twix hears this. I hope some representative somewhere comes across this review or this podcast and can just imagine the look of disdain that's on my face currently, because it was so bad. I was I was upset. I was I wasn't just like disappointed. Oh, man, like candy wasn't good. I was upset. I was emotionally disturbed after eating this candy.
0: It was horrible. It it fucked your whole week up, right?
2: It did. I was (laughs) mad for like six days.
0: (laughs) Is there a possibility of a crossover between you and Jeff Cannibal and the guy who reviews um, uh, benches randomly?
2: Yeah, Patrick, who reviews (laughs) benches. (laughs) Yeah. I would love that. I would love that. To sit on a bench with jeff and patrick and hear patrick's thoughts of the bench hear jeff's thoughts on a soda he's sipping on and then share with them how i feel about whatever candy i got in my pocket that to me is a perfect day
0: see this is the content that we're all striving to look for in these covid times or yeah. these quarantines times as they're called
2: Quarantine times i like that yeah, I, the the problem with this scenario is that it's exclusively like a post-COVID world sort of thing. I can't just I can't just hop onto a single bench with two people. I have no no connection to like they're not in my pod, they're not in my bubble. I can't share food with these people on a bench. So it's you know it's um it's a post-COVID bucket list item for sure.
0: Uh, that, I mean, hey, it's a good it's a good place to start the list because that would be. That would be the thing I don't think would ever – I think Twitter would have to peak there and then stop and then reevaluate its decisions because once you cross over three of the most entertaining uh, (laughs) short-form reviews in one thing, I mean, where can you even go from there, right?
2: Yeah, we'd have to burn it down. It'd have to be like Vine. We'd have to start over on a new app.
0: Just start calling it, I don't know, Talk or something. I don't know. (laughs) How
2: about Tweetweez, you know?
0: Tweet twees with the poo-poo and the pee-pee. What is that all about, by the way? I got to ask. I got to ask. I'm awful at the internet. Yeah, as is. Poo-poo,
2: pee-pee, got to make a tweet-tweet, boys. <laughs> I don't know what else to tell
0: you. <laughs> it's self-explanatory, ladies and gentlemen.
2: Yeah. Pee-pee, poo-poo, you got to do what you got to do.
1: I mean, you can't um, argue with that logic.
0: I am, I am covered in... Tears from laughing so hard in the last ten minutes. It's just, uh, um all right. So like yeah, I mean, uh other than uh, you know, the things that are coming up, um, what are some other things that maybe you're looking forward to that obviously that you can talk about, uh, you know, because I'm sure there are crazy backroom wrestling dealings that are going on in the industry every single day. <laughs> um, so what is what is on the the sort of more in-ring bucket list? For Erica Lee is WWE sort of the top of the mountain is AEW, impact Japan. What, uh, where, where do you see in the next provided, you know, people decide to start taking shit seriously and this pandemic actually ends at some point, where Mm. does, where do you see Erica Lee going? Say the next couple of years.
2: You know, fabulous question. Um, I've got a lot more, uh, I've got a lot more I want to do, um, for me, and my career, that precludes any sort of big moves or, or, or fantastic, shocking goals. But I will say this. That in my five-year plan, catch, you you catch up with me in five years. You won't have to. You won't have to call me. You'll be seeing it. That's what I'm going to say. Big, fat contract, fellas. I'm going to be looking down at all the little people from up on my mountain top, I promise you that. I don't know which which where I'm going, which way, which one, but I is I can, which one, I can tell you <laughs> lots of zeros on that check.
0: Big big money Lee, as they'll be calling you moving forward uh, and yeah. I think that's that's a fantastic goal to set for yourself because Let's let's be real. People get into the professional wrestling business for three reasons: they inexplicably love it, they can't live without it, and the money. Because if you're not in it for the money, even a little bit, then you know, really, you got to take care of yourself. You got to make sure to keep yourself in not cookies and cream Twix and you know M and M's and whatever else floats the proverbial boat of that nineties check. Am I right?
2: Exactly. If the way I look at it is, if you get into pro wrestling for the money,
0: you're stupid.
2: But if you stay and don't make it about the money, you're
0: even stupider. That's fair. That's fair because if because I had never I had never uh, really even thought about making any sort of money in wrestling. Uh, but when the opportunity arises, uh, I'm not going to turn it down you know let's let's grab
2: that cash and run
0: i gotta keep myself in cheap domestic beer erica i don't know what else to, i don't know how else to do it
2: oh please tell me your your favorite cheap
0: domestic beer my favorite cheap domestic beer if it's i think it's got to be a mix between paps and miller light i don't know why <gasps> yeah
2: all right pbr that's number one for me
0: I am loving how much we're learning about Erica Lee here because yeah. that if PBR is the only beer that's on tap at the kingdom. Uh, not my call, but God damn it. If they weren't hitting it out of the park on that one, you know what I'm saying?
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's incredible. I do prefer it out of the can though.
0: Yes. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I think the can is like definitely the right call. I don't know what it is about the, uh, the tapping of the keg or whatnot that gets the air into it. That sort of, Makes it a little more watery. I'm not sure. I didn't go to beer school. But uh, the cheaper, the better as far as PBR uh, uh, domestic beers go because it gets you there. And if yeah. it gets you there for cheap, then whatever. It it friggin gets you
3: there.
2: PBR <laughs> number one, I'd probably say Bud Light number two. Um, and if if you offer me a Miller High Life, the champagne of beers, I won't be
0: mad. That's science that's science right there. They don't call it the champagne of beers because it was a funny name. No, that is piping hot science. Okay?
2: Piping hot science.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That is piping hot science. It is the bug juice of domestic beers. It is the top of the line. Okay.
2: I mean, with a tagline like that, the champagne of I mean, come on. Pop the I'm cor- sure myself. I'm I'm the champagne of pro wrestling. Look at that.
0: The champagne of pro wrestling. I mean, listen, the fact that you're in indie wrestling and you only have two nicknames is staggering that you haven't had 10 or 12 more.
2: <laughs> yeah, I got to start racking them up.
0: Yeah, yeah. See, it's the gummy bear kid, that 90s chick, the, the the champagne of professional wrestling. If you don't think that that's making its way on the commentary, by the way, it 100% is.
2: <laughs> I got friends in high places, I tell you what.
0: Yes. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta, it's all about who you know, not about what you can do really in the business. It's all about who you know.
2: I mean, say it again for
0: the folks in the cheap seats. Come on, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, that, yeah, you back there. No, no, not him. White shirt. Yeah, you. Yeah, it's guy. not about what you can do. It's about who you know. He's giving me the bird. I'm gonna move on. I'm gonna move oh, on. Oh, yeah. Screw that guy. Yeah, screw that guy. He's he came in a plain white T-shirt. This is why I stopped having studio, studio audiences for these podcasts. They just start. You gotta, you gotta
2: get curtains or something.
0: I had them put in that they tear through them to roll their demon weed. I don't know.
1: <laughs> that, that guy, that guy in the white shirt, he's the kind of guy that would laugh at that kind of cheer stuff we talked about earlier. He'd, he'd laugh at somebody yeah, getting
0: Yeah, a big killer.
3: sicko.
1: You know, I think that I think
0: that is a, a white. Cheers T-shirt that he has. We're gonna get him out of here. Don't worry about. It. We're gonna move him away. Security! Security! Get this you man! Need,
1: you start better screening your, your 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 studio audiences, Jimmy. We've had this wrong well, before.
0: I stop caring once they're up on the mezzanine because I don't really ever get to see them. But <laughs> the, that's the, that's the the main problem with it is when you have to when you have to talk to you know those people you know really. You really end up looking past the, the quality, the, the high cuts of me and the people on the mezzanine are, I don't know, cheers fans. <laughs> oh, bonkers. Uh, I can't. I am. I am just loving how much this has devolved uh, because it has been a fun, fun week yeah. uh, for, of, of interviews. But uh, Scott, go ahead with uh, more questions if you got them while I try and regain my composure here and get this guy kicked out of the mezzanine. Yeah. Yeah, you go, bro, go.
1: Yeah, I've been trying to remember what my wrestling questions were because they all flew at my head when Fraser got brought up. So the process right. of trying to remember what happened. <laughs> but you talk about kind of your, we you talked about and um, the intergender question about you know not sticking to certain divisions and things like that. So, regardless of uh, whether or not you you become pro wrestling Magic Women's Champion at roaring 20s, do you still plan on like going after other titles, uh, and probably imagine you know crossing divisions. Potentially, you and Darius now trying to beat him at his own like new rules that he's got set up for himself.
2: Yeah, the uh, he, he's he's changed the the Dark Arts rules to that. Uh, what's that? That little British gimmick he's got, British round. Um Yeah, I, I, I'm definitely like a, a very focused. Uh, person, so you know the goal in front of me, the task at hand—that's all I've got uh, in my sights right now. The the Pro Wrestling Magic Women's Championship. Um, hypothetically speaking, yeah, absolutely open to every every and any opportunity in, in the kingdom. Um, whoever, however far I can push myself and in whatever direction, I'm I'm absolutely going to. I'm I'm going to follow the thread of. Of every lead, and I'm I'm gonna ride these thing until the till the wheels fall off. You know what I mean? Like I, mm. I'm 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 hungry for competition, focused on the task at hand. But hypothetically speaking, yeah, I I I would love to to gobble up all the gold.
1: <laughs> Evidently, you know, you know you can get you know stuff like gobble up all the gold as another t shirt. You know, the more t shirts you have, the more money. We talked about the money earlier. <laughs>
2: Yeah, the, yeah, I've got some good ideas fleshed out in this here podcast.
0: The uh, the Pro Wrestling Tee yeah. Store is practically filling up and overflowing uh, with the ideas that are getting made on this podcast, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> um, so uh, as you were saying there, you were saying um, that uh, you're open to any and all challenges. Um, as far as the type of competitor that uh, you would get in there with, uh, beyond gender or ability or name value or anything. Do you find it more um, intriguing when you're in there with somebody say more your size or smaller or like Metaland's monster sized or Ace Romero size? Cause you guys did uh, you and Ace Romero did face off briefly for little periods uh, hey. in the Chad Adams Memorial rumble uh, last year. And that was something I didn't know I wanted to see until I was already seeing it. So <laughs> What, like, what was that like, uh, what, what is that like for you when you're in there with somebody much, much larger than you are, or even someone like, what what do you prefer, so to speak? Um,
2: I can tell you, right, like, just immediately, my my preference is to be the bigger person in the ring. I would rather have someone, um, you know, say, like, Ziggy Heim or Brittany Blake, um, so I can just chuck them around. Okay. All right, not... I, I prefer to be the the, the, the larger athlete um, in the ring. It's more fun to yeet than to be yeeted.
0: That is true. That is true.
2: And yet I often find myself the one being yeeted.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, that, that is how that happens. I mean, uh, during that match that you had with uh, Darius at uh, Card Subject to Change, uh, you had mentioned during your promo that you are in, to quote you directly, an incredibly flexible competitor. Um, That's- and then he decided to nearly make your the heel of your shoe touch the side of your cheek at one point. Um, yeah. What what is the thought process at that point when you're wrapped up like that and going, you know, do I have to eat this motherfucker or do I need to squirm out of here and run as far as humanly possible?
2: Um. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I. I, I yeeted Darius a few times in that match.
1: You, you know, did. like,
2: uh, just because just I'm smaller doesn't mean I have the technique to, to throw you, heave you a couple good times. Um, but yeah, I I, I don't, I, I understand, I, I kind of baited him, right? Like, I, I kept waving this, like, flexibility in his face, knowing that he's he's the type of person who wants um, to try out all his little tricks and, and submissions, um, no matter who the competitor is, no matter who his opponent is, that's, that's his style. And so I knew waving that carrot around, he, he was going to try, um, to, like you said, make, make my foot touch my head or whatever, you know, like, um, but in, in, all, in all those 30 minutes, I didn't tap, did I? Um, it's, nope. it, it was that, that, that to me was definitely like a, a point proven, um, you know, because because he often is facing off with people who, um, you know, like big, big muscled up dudes, big jacked up dudes who can't, you know, can't touch the small of their own back. Right. Like, it's not that impressive to me to tap someone out when they're they're, you know, extremely limited mobility um is on display right so that that was kind of the point I wanted to prove to Darius was was you know like you're 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 touting this skill set in 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 a real small sample size right like you're kind of the big fish in the small pond in that in that way um so I was I was extremely proud of myself and happy I didn't tap out to to Darius um but uh, you know like uh gotta be a little squirmy sometimes gotta be a little squirmy
0: yeah, of course, of course, and the the squirm was in full effect in that 30 minutes. Uh, from yeah. from what I remember, that that show again is available on Fight. Uh, in the back catalog, card subject to change. Uh, in the main event, that is being called uh one of, if not the best match in, in pro wrestling magic history. Uh, Erica Lee took on Mister Darius Carter in an instant classic. Um, so much fun to call that match. Uh, mm-hmm. you guys trading, uh, suplexes, trading, um, sort of trading, uh, like holds. And then of course the Yakuza kick to the face happened and this whole other gear got pushed into you. Yeah. Uh, you just sort of snap into this thing. Like I I call her mean Erica, because (laughs) when you get upset and you're in there with somebody like Darius or Jared, um, as we saw at the first roaring twenties, when, uh, after you had beaten, Jared you did mouth off to him and tell him hey you earn your uh, you earn your opportunities around here uh, yeah. that that video also the 90's that 90's chick arrives is a compilation of that story between you and Jared on the Pro Wrestling Magic YouTube channel it includes the first two matches you guys had and includes a little bit of background before uh, your upcoming match with uh, Jordan Blade Jordan uh, is making her debut uh, in the title match Um. Do you feel like a certain amount of pressure knowing that uh, you're in yet another main event against, yes, somebody you've challenged against before, but now there is a vacant title? It is her debut in the kingdom, so there's going to, I'm sure, be a lot of stress and pressure on her side as well. What does yeah. that do when you're sort of the, uh, the elder statesman uh, in that sort of uh, matchup?
2: Yeah, it's definitely a different position to be in. You know, I'm I'm pretty used to and comfortable being the underdog and like you said, there's a point that I get pushed to in, in, in some matches with some opponents where I can um I can tap into that other that other gear and that other level of emotion. Um if I'm pushed there, you know, I can get a little sassy pants, I can get a little mean. But um this this time around I'm not going into it as the underdog from the outside, I don't think, um, because I am a familiar face at, at magic, at Pro Wrestling Magic. I, I don't, I always kind of go in with the internal mentality of the underdog, right? Like there's always something to prove. There's always something on the line, but yeah, there is added pressure this time with the vacant title and, and with the the expectation. I, I've seen a lot of people, um, on the on the twee machine talking about how I'm I'm the the pick to win it. Um but I know just just how competitive Jordan is. I know how strong she is. I know her background in jiu jitsu and powerlifting and she's an incredible athlete. Um so for my own sake I try to keep the underdog mentality internally. But but I can't deny the yeah, the there is external pressure this time. There it is different. Um going into a title match with with somebody as as serious a competitor as Jordan.
0: yeah, absolutely it is uh, always an uphill battle uh, when you're in there when uh, you've already uh, taken the time and had the opportunity to prove yourself and then someone new is coming in attempting to prove themselves uh, yeah. so I'm very very much looking forward to people seeing. Uh, the show it is in black and white. The continue the tradition continues yet again for the Roaring Twenties. Uh, I actually got a chance to see a cut of it back uh, yesterday, Erica, and the match looks great in black and white. So uh, I can't cool. I can't wait for for everyone to see it and uh, get more of those get more of that praise uh, piling on because uh, like I said this may in fact be Erica Lee's year. Um, not only in Pro Wrestling Magic but pro wrestling as a whole uh i think right now you're really crushing it uh i asked this question to monster uh earlier in the week uh remember to go back in the archives and check out our interview with the current pro wrestling magic champion metal monster but i asked him this question i said monster or in this case erica when and, did the um the sort of flip sort of switch in your head because you've been at uh how long have you been at the uh the professional wrestling game so to speak
2: I started training. um, Took my first bumperoo late 2017.
0: Okay, so we're going on a little over four years. Um, so when? Yeah. So when in when did that sort of start to like when everything started to click more, and then the opportunities came along? Was it something that you sort of did? like knowingly that you did it or was it sort of just it happened and then you noticed it was happening? Because like I said, you've you've really stepped not only your promo game up, but your in-ring work is even better than it was when I first started uh, seeing you po- uh, popping up around the Jared Evans time.
2: Thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm striving to to continually improve all aspects of my game. But I would say, um, you know, I remember being in training and people telling me like it'll click the light bulb will go off, like, you'll get it. Um, and I remember being frustrated because I could, I would have these like sort of pseudo moments of like, you know, the light bulb flickering or the, you know, something would almost click, or I would think, you know, I, I would get halfway there. Um, and I, two years into training, I decided to pick up and move to Philadelphia and start training under uh, Mike Quackenbush and Wicked um, and a very good professional wrestler among others. At uh, the Russell Factory, um, and I think my time there, even though it was cut short by COVID, um, my time there really helped to solidify um, a lot of like broader concepts and and smaller, um, you know, practical um, improvements. Um, to my game and it, it my time there really helped things click that and also having just like an absolute mess of bad matches I had this like just horrible string um, I, I was just on a streak of just really bad matches Um, around that time, because I was, I was working more than, than I ever had been. Um, and I just was getting some real stinkers out. Um, and I think that helped too. I think after getting through so many just awful ones, um, coming out on the other side to having good matches, that's where it really clicked. Just getting through the rough stuff and finding out what didn't work and what wasn't working and what I did not want to be doing. um, That's what really helped make things click.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Um, As we start to uh, wind down here on the rogue opinions, pro wrestling magic interview series, uh, Scott, what have you got left for uh, the gummy bear kid?
1: Yeah, as we kind of wind down, I've got this uh, question because you talked about like having trying to improve your, your game as you go. Uh, when kinda of COVID when we're kind of able to get travel more freely, you know, post COVID, is there any plans for you to kinda of maybe travel to other countries to wrestle to try and like see other styles like maybe the UK or Japan, you know. The more places you go, the more different, you know, candies there is to review. <laughs>
2: uh, that's true. Yeah, absolutely. Um no, I would I would love to um, travel internationally for, for wrestling. I've actually been really fortunate to um, um, I trained one day in uh, Dublin, Ireland, when I was there on um, my honeymoon, um, my extremely supportive and understanding partner was like, yeah, you can you can train. <laughs> you could go to a, a wrestling ring. <laughs> um, and I, I could have tried a little harder maybe to find cause we went to we went to Dublin and then we went to Amsterdam um, and I knew there was a show in Amsterdam while we were there. Um, but I, I kind of only had like a very tangential connection and it, it would have been okay for me to, for me to message, but I ended up saying, you know what, uh, I'll just enjoy my honeymoon, which I think was the right call, <laughs> but, um, I would love to in the future, um, travel back to, to Europe, um, maybe Germany, um, and, uh, and other places too, you know, like Australia would be freaking cool and like you said, more places to go, more candies to try.
0: <laughs> it's like a whole undiscovered universe of can- of sugary goodness out there. Yeah.
2: And that's what I really I'm I'm looking forward to getting back to um "quote unquote" normal um shows. Uh, just because I want to be in a locker room and say like, Hey, come over here and do your candy room re- candy review with me, and and be able to like share things with people and and get close and take our masks off, you know, stuff like that.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, I want to be able to include more people in in the candy reviews. Um, when when that whenever that's possible, you know, you'll see it pop up. But um, yeah,
0: future goals. The the list is ever growing for sure. Yeah. Uh, Scott, what else you got over, over there? Also, I'm now is you. probably the last time to include any Fraser questions, so <laughs> I'd get them all in.
1: Okay. Oh, yeah, okay. I'll finish it off with the Fraser question, because this is something that divides a lot of Frasier fans. Me and my friend, uh, Cole Paul, who review Fraser, it's something we've argued about a lot on our reviews. I know the Daphne-Niles relationship divides a lot of people. He hates how Niles' character developed afterwards, I not a are not as annoyed by it, I, even though the last couple of seasons are. There's a clear difference in quality. What, mm. Where do you stand on the whole Niles Daphne side of the debate?
2: Do I, like, uh, do I, am I pro or con them getting together? Is that the question?
1: Yeah, because I've seen some people who thought, like, maybe they should never have got together and they should have kept it, like, I'm liking her from afar. Some people say they should just have them get together, but uh, that be the final episode. I see.
2: Um,. I, in general, like, I, I get that opinion where, like, if you have this, like, big, like, um, you know, looming tension that gets resolved, like, you know, you shouldn't keep pushing past it. But I, I, I don't have a problem with it. I love that they got together. I love that they have, like, problems afterwards. Um, when, uh, I, I think that is a, that is a little bit of a weird plot point, though, when Daphne, Daphne gets sent to Fat Camp. That's weird. Like she could have just had a baby, right? Like the actress, she was she mm-hmm. was pregnant in real life, but that's why they did that. But they were like they could have just had a baby. I don't I don't understand why yeah. they sent her to Fat um, Yeah, because no, they have, I, I, I they have that her. they got together.
1: Yeah, because at least she does get uh, a have a baby like in the last season, and she's not even pregnant then in real life. But I get yeah, I believe right. like some people. I believe she, when she comes back from fat camp, she says, oh, I, I lost a total of like nine pounds, 12 ounces, which apparently was how big her baby was when she had it.
2: Aw, that's sweet.
1: But I mean, like, if
0: you go to fat camp and you come back and have only lost nine pounds, 12 ounces, did the camp really work?
3: Uh. <laughs> <laughs> you got
2: to
0: figure you know, were there
3: the for three muscle,
2: months. And then the net, like the net difference, your body composition is very
0: different. I forget, did Daphne come you know, back, like, jacked in that season or something? Cause...
2: No, she did not.
0: <laughs> <laughs> she just comes in that been cool, just though. curling
1: a 50-pound and just like, yo, what's going on?
2: I wish, yeah. <laughs> just,
1: just, holding, just holding up nails with one hand, fissure with the other, just carrying them around the apartment. That would have been cool.
3: Yeah.
0: C- carrying them around like a, like luggage. Um, but, ladies and gentlemen, it has been... An unbelievable hour and change that we've had the pleasure of sitting down with that 90s chick, Erica Lee. Um, so before we get going, Erica, tell the people, other than the fantastic pay-per-view that's coming up this weekend, let the people know what you got going on, where they can find you, and where they can watch all of those fantastic candy reviews that you got.
2: Yeah, we got the, uh, the women's title match this weekend on Fight. Um and then all my candy reviews and like just batshit crazy voice tweets, um, you can find on Twitter at Erica Wrestles. Um, and then I've got some other shows coming up too on IWTV um, on uh, March 28th. The Cassandro couple air, and um, uh, you can catch me on that. Uh, Leapfrog. You can watch their most recent show, Love Frog, on IWTV. I've got, I've got some, I've got some things going on, some stuff and some
3: things.
0: Very, very busy and busy is good, especially during these times. Yeah. Uh, and again, thank you so much, Erica, for joining us. Scott, uh, what do you got going on in the world, and what are your plugs? And make sure to. Let, uh, give, give Erica the uh, the old SP Rambling uh, spiel so she knows where to listen to you and Paul talk about Frasier.
2: Yeah, let me
1: have uh, it. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Scott McLeod 1996. Uh, Scott and Paul's realm podcast is at SP Rambling. Uh, we're, we're kind of actually starting out a, a of a change in the way we review Frasier where we're kind of structuring like, the, the episodes like depending on what week of the month it is. One week will be a Frasier, one week will be something else. And so we're going to be doing, like, one week over the month we do Fraser, but we do, like, multiple episodes in the one. We view multiple episodes in the one. So it's going to be kind of a change of how we do things. But, yeah, we're, like, towards the end of season five now, so we're almost right in the halfway point of the show. So we're very close to Niles and definitely and actually getting together. Oh, all right. interesting uh Yeah, and that's well, I've got going uh If people are interested, I think it's time of, uh, but I think since this, our WrestleMania 12 year will be out now. So that's what we've got going on.
0: Okay. Very good, very good. Uh, and I, of course, am uh, at Mr. Riot on Twitter. That is M R R I zero T because Counter Strike was a thing when I was a kid. And also Matt Stryker. I know you need some help at the table, buddy. I'm here to help if you need it. <laughs> I'm here to help if you need it. Because
1: he, he wrote um, you wrote him, but he he's calling you back. Like forget that. he's he's ghosting you now. He's not that into you, oh. Jimmy. If I gotta
0: leave a few needy voicemails out there, you know, I mean, I'm not, I'm not
1: against it per se.
0: Uh, <laughs> but, but as Erica said, but as anyway, Erica said,
1: the quote, the- the quote, Niles, the quote Niles from Fraser. So, so quickly a whiff becomes a stench of desperation. Ah,
0: that's my T-shirt that's on pro res- that's going to be on pro wrestling tees. <laughs> the stink of desperation, <laughs> Jimmy Riot on the back. That is going to be the, the the new one. Um, also. Uh, as Erica said earlier, this weekend, Sunday, uh, the 28th of February, uh, in the year of our Lord 2021, is the, uh, the Roaring Twenties uh behind the eight ball. And in the main event, Erica Lee will be challenging uh, Jordan Blade for the vacant Pro Wrestling Magic Women's Championship. Go now over to fight and get your pre-orders ready. Get your pre-orders out there because you will not want to miss a second of this show or any of the other stuff we got going on. And for the other stuff we got going on, it's youtube.com forward slash ProWrestlingMagic. And we have been at Rogue underscore Opinion on the Twitter. And in the words of the immortal Yakko Warner, I, I can only say, good night, everybody. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. Quite
3: stylish. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe. But I got you, Pegs. Ha, 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 ha. But I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. What is a boy to do? Frasier.